Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra, and we're two moms that live across the street from each other. And between us, we have 10 kids. We live life together, have fun, and we just want to share that with you guys. We are so glad you're here. On this podcast each week, we think everyone needs a little bit of hope. And we want to tell stories of hope, of how God has changed people's lives. He's shown up in good times and in hard times, and and He can show up for you too. All right, we hope you enjoy. Hey, Kendra. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're on Thanksgiving break, and it's been wonderful. The weather's been amazing, and yeah, finally getting to record. I made a turkey today. Not really. I stood there <laughs> while Chad and Libby made a turkey, but I saw it. Funny thing is, our oven is so low to the ground. Uh-huh. Every time he took the turkey out of the oven, he had to put it on the floor. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then, like, the dogs walking by, like, get the dog away from the turkey. turkey. What's going on? <laughs> Poor it's, Pepper. That's just, yeah. that's just I did mean. take a picture of Chad, like, checking the temperature of the turkey on the ground. It's pretty funny. That's Anyways, hysterical. we have a guest today. Yes. Ashley Dingler is here, and she is a friend of ours from Austin and has an amazing story and one that we got to just kind of be a part of and just by observing more than anything, but we yeah. got to watch um, the beauty of what God did in the lives with, of her and her baby Edie. So do you want to say hi? Thank you so much. Hi. Thank you for having me. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, those kind of things? Sure. So my husband, Aaron, and I moved our family from Seattle about two years ago. I was seven and a half months pregnant, oh, yeah. arriving in June of the Texas summer. <laughs> Good and time to show up. <laughs> we had three children at the time and a big dog. And so we did the six weeks in an apartment while we desperately searched <gasps> for a new wow. home. Oh my gosh. Had the movers move all of the boxes into the apartment. So now you're living with five people and a large dog in a third of the apartment. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> while you're house hunting in Austin as quickly as you can. Yeah. And thankfully we had a great realtor and we made a lot of great friends right away through our church and through our homeschool program and other homeschool parents that yeah. helped us to find the perfect home just when we needed it. Yeah. I think we met you two weeks before Edie was born. Yeah. Like right when school started. Yeah. yeah. That was it was a chaotic time. Yes. <laughs> yes. There was a lot going on. Okay, well, we want to hear that whole story. But first, Kendra is like yes. the queen of questions. And I never know what's going to come out of her mouth. Like, it could be the craziest thing you've ever heard or like the most deep and thoughtful. <laughs> Go for it. Well, these were inspired by Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. fun. So we're making turkeys and pies. Do you like to bake? I love baking. You oh. do? Oh, yeah. Hello. You brought up a loaf of bread. I love baking. That's she amazing. makes the most amazing homemade bread, and she just brought me a loaf, and uh, I wanted to eat it during the podcast. I might need to pick your brain about some things, because I'm attempting a pecan pie, and the last time I attempted a pecan pie, it was not <laughs> a pecan again? pie. Yeah. If yeah. Kendra wasn't gluten-free, I would have cut into that bread right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. I thought that would not be nice. <laughs> Kendra, I was it's like, totally oh, fine. I won't it. That's funny. So with that said, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? I love Brussels sprouts. And oh, so many do? people are gonna cringe when yeah. I say that, but when Brussels sprouts are cooked well with uh-huh. some like almonds or pecans sprinkled mm. on top. Ooh. That's my favorite How side do you dish. cook your Brussels sprouts? Yeah, like in the oven, on the stove? So I actually boil them you for boil them. about three minutes mm-hmm. and then I toss them into a saute pan. Yeah. Cut them in half and toss them into a saute pan with some seasoning. And then for about four minutes, saute them. Mm-hmm. And they're perfectly cooked. Yes. Mm. I 
bought some for tomorrow. I'm making Brussels sprouts. Oh, really? Yes. I just put them in a pan and cook them until they're like burnt. <laughs> that's <laughs> all I, I know. That's why I'm like, like crispy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's too funny. What about your favorite pie? I'm a pie person. I love pie? pie. And my husband and I go back and forth because with every pregnancy, pie became the breakfast food. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Savory pie, sweet pies. I really like cherry pie. Ooh, that's oh, fun. yeah. That's my dad's like favorite, pie? and I'm trying to attempt that one, too. Hmm? Do you like pumpkin pie? We do. Like we make it for the people? season. Well, when I'm there's pecan pie, pie available, then I... I I'm See, okay I'm not. I don't pie. even try anything else. Like, there's really? no other. No, there's no no need for any other pie. Do you put cola for anything on top? Uh huh. Okay, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. You and Chris are like. Oh yeah, right pumpkin on track. is my jam. Yeah, I live for it at Thanksgiving. Do you? Anybody make a homemade one? My mom not? does. Every oh. year. she's making gluten free this year. Is she really? Yes, so my nice. girls are excited. That's very exciting. Okay, with your baking experience, um, what's been your biggest baking fail or cooking fail? Have you ever had one? Yes. So I became a sour sourdough baker uh-huh. for an entire year, and I will never do it again. <laughs> really? Was this during COVID I or before that? It was before COVID. Okay. So it was just part of, I love baking bread and mm-hmm. baking with lots of different types of flours. And I had a friend who offered me a sourdough starter. Uh-huh. And so I took her sourdough starter and I nurtured it. And if you've ever done sourdough, you know that it's very wasteful oh. because you have to take it out every day and take off a piece and use it for something or give it to someone or throw it away. Otherwise, you get your fridge full of sourdough. Oh my goodness. Really? And so I was constantly making sourdough pancakes, sourdough waffles, sourdough, <laughs> what can I make with sourdough? And all of my neighbors had starters now. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I did it until I made the perfect sourdough loaf. And it was so rewarding. And then I promised myself I would never do it again. <laughs> That's a commitment. That's too much of a commitment I've heard me. about the sourdough starter thing. So you take a piece of the dough and you have to... You can start the culture on your own with Uh wild yeast in your home. Just leave it sitting out. Uh Or you can get a starter from someone because you're worried that you're going to mess it up and poison your family. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was. (laughs) Do you have a favorite holiday movie? I have so many favorite holiday movies. (laughs) I'm trying to think. My family, actually, we just discovered a new one. And have you seen Klaus? Yes. Yes. So sweet. That was so sweet. I was not expecting the mix of tradition and kind of the curve they took on the story of St. Nicholas. Uh But I think anywhere where we can hear something about St. Nicholas or the name of St. Nicholas is a testament to the faith that is out there. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that. That sounds fun. Have you seen it yet? I did last year. It's been a while, but yeah. Kind of excited for holiday movies I'm to come back. I'm super excited. And my favorite is White Christmas. And it's oh, like, yes. oh, I love it so much. So yeah, my girls love White Christmas. You you introduced them to that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I Ella think watched so. it like in July last year, <laughs> all summer long. That girl really loves Christmas. I love that. Yeah, That's she does funny. love Christmas. 
That's awesome. Well, Advent is right around the corner too. So we got Thanksgiving and then the first Sunday of Advent. So do you all do any Advent traditions or any of your favorites that you want to share? Yes. One of our favorite Advent traditions is we get the Advent candles and every Sunday night is what we call a fancy dinner. Oh, Everyone oh, dresses up oh, that's in cute. different levels of dress because my boys aren't as excited as my girls are uh-huh. about uh-huh. it. Sometimes we get the Cinderella dress that comes to dinner and we light a candle and we turn down the lights and everyone speaks a little bit more softly and it wait do you tell them to speak softly or because there's candles because there's candles it feels more special (laughs) and we light whatever (laughs) candle it is for that um for the week of advent that's cool and so that's That's one of the special things that we do and a lot of um years we've done the thanksgiving tree where each of the kids puts on a leaf for something they're thankful for Uh we've started to turn that into a little christmas tree by stringing it with garland which usually ends up being pipe cleaners (laughs) and that sits in the middle of our table we also have some prayers that we say as a family that are special for advent and i try so hard not to hang as many decorations yet Mm -hmm. because i really want that time closer to christmas to feel special yeah that's awesome very yes. cool. Oh, I'm That's excited for, for Advent to Me begin too. on Sunday. I'm really excited. Got my devotional. I'm like ready. Oh, good. <laughs> Did you get it from Blessed Is She or where did you I've get it from? I got um, Brickhouse in the City. Oh. The t-shirt company. Oh, they yeah, started they making did. devotionals oh. last year and they're focused on um, saints who lived like heroic lives of virtue and service and social justice. Mm. And so this year it's... Um, I can't remember who they are now. <laughs> I know Juan Diego's in there. I think um, there's a couple other more kind of Current, um, more recent saints. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm excited. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. So, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. All right. So, are we ready? Yeah. Let's start your story. So, when we met, we were all at a homeschool Catholic hybrid school. So, it was like two days a week. We, our kids went to school, and the other three days we got to homeschool. And the year that your family joined, our school like more than doubled in size. Yeah. And, um, there's always a, a like a transition period that's hard for moms when they start a school like that. So we had this idea to have mentor moms that year. And I thought, well, we could we could pair up, you know, moms with existing moms, the new ones, and then we can help them out. So you ended up being, I got to yes. be your mentor mom. I feel so lucky and still. <laughs> I mean, not that I really did a whole lot, but <laughs> that's how we connected in the beginning. And we both had sons named Eli, which was really fun. And I will never forget, you came to our, um, like, back to school night thing, like the Thursday before school started or something. And you were very pregnant <laughs> and you're like, I'm, you know, I'm due in three weeks or something like that. And, and it was just such a joy to meet you. And then we had a little half day of school and it was our first day of school. And it was kind of like a transition period for the kids to get used to it. And you dropped Eli off at school and, and then no one came to pick Eli up for school. <laughs> and we're like, where did they go? And and at this point, I feel like we're like, and I knew you had just moved here and you didn't have any family or friends. And so we, we kind of all felt like you were our family now. And they said, oh, she's at the hospital having the baby. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> school is only like three hours long today. How on earth is she having a baby? What just happened? Whoa, whoa, what's going on? So you went into labor early. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. So I didn't actually go into labor okay. early. I had that panic moment where I stopped feeling the baby. Yes. Yes. And you always think it isn't going to be you, but after having so many kids, and I had miscarried before, at that point in your pregnancy, I was thirty-seven weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I have big babies. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of space for them to move around in yeah. there anyway. And you knew. And 
How you, did you kind of stop doing the kick counts because you're so busy, but I think intuition and yeah. the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know that you, you feel a certain way at a certain part of the day. And I told my husband the night before, I don't think I felt the baby move. And he said, well, why don't you go lie down? Because you always say this right. at this part, yeah. this I point was of the say, pregnancy. I feel like I always thought that. And yes. it was just me, like my brain getting yes. out of control. You know, so the fact yeah. that you acted on it, I think yeah. is yes. huge. Well, so I went and I was lying down and I was kind of shifting my weight around. And I mm-hmm. finally got her to move. Okay. And so then I went to sleep. But the next morning, I dropped my son Eli off, my oldest off for the first day of his homeschool program. <laughs> and I had my younger two because it was their meet and greet the teacher at St. Thomas More oh, Preschool Day. Yeah. Okay. And as I'm waiting for them to let us in the door so that we can meet their teachers, I just felt, I'm going to call the midwife. Yeah. And so I call the midwife team and I'm talking with the nurse and she's going through the questionnaire. Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And as I'm saying, yes, yes. Mm. Yes, all of a sudden it starts to feel more serious. Yeah, I know. And she said, Ashley, you need to come in now. Mm. And I said, Well, I can come in about an hour <laughs> <laughs> because I can't just leave my son. My husband just started at his new job and I called right away and told him, You need to come get the children. Mm-hmm. But he would have to drive from the domain to the hospital and then to the hospital yeah. from the hospital to the school. But so I left him and trusted that. My oldest would be okay. I knew the program coordinator. I knew some families at the school. And I took my younger kids right to the hospital. They hooked me up to do an NSD. I had to. I took them with me. Yes. So, and I was carrying around this emergency pack of crayons and paper, right, that you keep in a stash. And so they are coloring on the hospital floor, right, forever unclean while I'm hooked up to this um, non stress test. And the nurse said, her heartbeat is fine. It's a little on the low side, but it's fine. And when the doctor came in, she said, they did an ultrasound, and she said, she's not moving at all. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel? And I said, I feel like something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And she said that I'm going to recommend an emergency cesarean. And so they had nurses all of a sudden coming in to prepare me for surgery. I'm still texting my husband, oh, who's not goodness. here. He got lost at the hospital oh, because we man. we expected to be delivering with a midwifery team. Right. Yeah. And so he's trying to find his way to us through the hospital. And he finally came and took the kids. And I said, just leave everything. Just take the kids and go get Eli. And so he wasn't even with me for this yeah. process. So they took me in to do, um, I got the epidural. I should have I taken Eli for you. <laughs> I was sitting there with him. I could have done that. <laughs> and she was delivered and it's quiet. Mm. And you know, as a mom, that's the worst thought. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be a distraction but my mind is racing. Mm-hmm. And after about two minutes, I finally said, is she alive? Yeah. And <clears throat> the nurse who was with me, she asked me for my cell phone so she could start taking pictures. Wow. And I'm so grateful for those photos now, but she said she is alive, but it has taken them now about four minutes to intubate her. Wow. So they were pumping air into her lungs. She did get a heartbeat. 
And so they immediately wheeled her off to the NICU. And I didn't know about any of that process or what that looked like. I hadn't met any of the doctors. I just met the doctor who delivered her and I was pretty heavily sedated. And so they took me to a special room where I was able to recover. Aaron picked up the kids and dropped them off with a neighbor Mm. who we had known before we moved here actually. And the, the doctor finally came in after a couple of hours and said, we'd like your permission to cool her. It's mm. a relatively new technology that's been out for about 15 years. And what happens is they put the baby in um, a cooling state where the temperature is around 92 degrees. And what it does is it slows the brain, um, the death of the brain. And so if there is any brain capacity, that can be saved, but it comes at a cost because being at that temperature is harmful to your body. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so we still didn't know why this all happened, and they were doing blood tests. And the same day that she was delivered, the blood test that they took came back that 5% of my blood was hers. And so at some point in the pregnancy, they don't know why still, because the placenta was intact. Uh it's not like if you know i i had trauma to the stomach and something happened Mm -hmm. with the placenta but the placenta was intact so they think it's just how she developed that at some point during the pregnancy she started passing blood back to me and from living on less and less blood and therefore less oxygen to your organs her body slowly shut down until she stopped moving and so she had liver failure and heart failure and kidney failure and lung failure she she was really being kept alive by the holy spirit and went through quite a process we did decide to cool her because we didn't know about other options and it sounded like the best option at the time based on some research that had been done with other children that unfortunately Mm -hmm. had passed away so in this process, I'm staying at the hospital by myself because my husband has to go home to be with the children. And I reach out to anyone that I know mm-hmm. who might know of a priest who could come mm-hmm. and baptize her. Because the first night she was being cooled, she started having seizures. Mm-hmm. And the doctor called, who was on call, and said, I want to let you know in case you want to come be with her. Mm-hmm. The good news is she lived. We did have her baptized the second day. That was the first thing I did is call everyone that I knew and ask if anyone knew of a priest who could come and be with us and baptize her. Mm-hmm. And it was the program coordinator yeah. through Annunciation Austin who called yeah. a Schoenstatt father mm-hmm. who drove 45 minutes yeah. to meet us and baptize Edith. Mm-hmm. And it was a very special moment for us and also very scary because... You're trusting 100% in the Lord and hoping that you're not testing him by begging him with everything that you've got to save your child. And so after being cooled, her body started to process the liquid that it had retained. She Mm -hmm. became very, very swollen. Wasn't it almost as if it was like a drowning in her Yes, which was putting so much pressure Mm -hmm. on her other organs that it was Mm -hmm. harming her body. Mm -hmm. And so they did start cooling her early. And 
her kidneys started working. Mm. They were giving her a lot of different medicines to help that. And I just remember being so thankful for more diapers to change. What a gift. Yes. And it was, she was in the NICU for four weeks. And during those four weeks, I had, I think through you, Megan, this amazing woman, as close as I've ever been to a real life prophet, Mm. if I can say that, named Esther, come and be with us. And we had doctors who even after two weeks in the NICU were telling us that she has no brain function. So much of her brain is dead. We want you to understand that you may have a very difficult decision. Mm -hmm. And then Esther is a woman who, and I may let you explain Yeah, so Esther's been on the podcast multiple times. And actually, we want her to come next week and tell her side of the story. Um, But Esther is very prophetic. Um, There's so many times I've been in her presence and thought, this is what it feels like to be near a saint. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's. Mm She would probably hate me for saying that on the podcast, but but it's true. And um, yeah, so kind of behind the scenes, we felt like we were your community now, right? And so our school kind of rallied around and people were praying and doing all the things. And and, and we knew that it was getting to a point of, I, I think you had even said, how do I tell the children? Mm-hmm. Like, what? how am I going to tell the children that, that we may lose her? And I think it was Kendra's idea to send in Esther. And so Esther has this beautiful charism. I don't know that we've talked about this on the podcast where um, she just has a heart for grieving mothers. And when the rest of the world is kind of running away because of something tragic, Esther rushes in. And we've seen her do this multiple times to complete strangers. Mm -hmm. And she's welcomed with this love because there's just something so near to the Lord about her heart. And so we, we sent Esther as a, can you go and console Ashley? Like that Mm -hmm. was what we thought. But when Esther went in, (laughs) this is one of my favorite Esther stories of all time. And she'll have to tell the whole thing because it's so much better coming from her. But when she walked into that hospital that day, she was like, this baby this baby is going to live. And she was 100% certain about it. And and Esther is a big personality (laughs) as always. And she goes, I was so, I was so into this, Megan. I I, I mean, I was like real, I think I scared them a little bit. She was like, she goes, I was, I was really excited. And I was like, Oh Lord, if Esther's saying that, it must've like really been big. (laughs) And she's telling me this whole thing about, I walked into the elevator and I just knew, and I was determined. And, and so she like, bless her sweetheart. She lost um, a dear friend also to drowning and he was a baby. And so she has a relic of his hair and she brought that in and she's, mm-hmm. and wasn't yes. it like there's certain touch she times. She gave it to me. Yes. Yeah, there were certain yeah. times we were allowed Realities. to touch her because when we touched her, she would have a seizure oh. Because oh. of just the stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't let Esther physically touch her with air, mm-hmm. but we wanted it as close to her as possible. <laughs> and the nurses didn't even question it. They let us <laughs> take it anywhere we could. Wow. <laughs> and so my husband, right, he's. Um, raised, born Catholic, is watching someone we don't know place hair from another child. <laughs> and she was determined. Like, yeah. The look in her eyes. It was yes. like, this is happening. Wow. Yeah, it was so funny, though, because I talked to Esther one day, and she told me the whole story. And then I saw Ashley the next day, and then she told me her story. And I was like, this is the best story I've ever heard in my whole life. Because here's this woman who just comes in like a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. But she... 
it, she's so near to the Lord. He'd given her so many moments along the way where she knew. And it was the same hospital yes. where her dear friend had passed away. And she just felt like his prayers were going to save, save Edie. Yeah. And that, that God was redeeming that that story of so much pain with the story yes. of so much beauty. And she yeah. was like, like you, you couldn't have told her otherwise. She she knew, right? Like yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. She yeah, was like, absolutely. she was like, Edie's going to be, she's going to live through this. Yes. We were like, oh, you know, no, this is happening. And she even called me on it a little bit. She was like, you need to have more faith in this, Megan. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll try. She called me on it too. I had just got off the phone with my mother telling her, that yeah. we we would have to talk to the kids and expecting Esther to come in and, and to be with me. And Esther came in like this was the time to have a family conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Edith means fierce warrior. Mm-hmm. And I met a woman on my way up here and her name means this. And this is my first time being back to the hospital being back to this hospital since that moment um, when I did lose a dear friend. And God is going to save your child, and she's going to get out by this day. Oh, yeah. So here I am. I didn't know she called the day, too. have already, I've gone through the emotions of giving my child to the Lord. Mm. And she says, she said, it's okay. You don't have to pray the rosary we are all praying for you because I was telling her I can't even get through a rosary because I'm just crying so much. My head hurts. I can't get through it. She said, we're going to take care of the rosary for you. But I need you to tell God that you do want her to live. And I said, well, I, I I am open to whatever God's plan is. And she said, but she is going to live. And so, and then I have my husband next to me who's thinking, you know, but what if she doesn't? Now you've convinced sure. my wife right. and I have to clean up those pieces. Yeah. Was it hard to hope in that moment? It was so hard to hope in that moment. And it was so hard to hope when she did get out yeah. of the hospital because I felt wholly unprepared mm. for giving her the life that I wanted to give all of my children mm. and not knowing what her needs would be. Even when we left the hospital at four weeks old, the doctors, the neurologists, the nephrologist, those major organ specialists had said, she will not be able to lift up her head. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to nurse her. And two days before I left with her, she nursed. Wow. And she moved her muscles in her neck. And so she was starting to do all of these things. They had an appointment to me, for me to meet with a gastro is it endocrinologist enterologist uh, yeah. because they thought that she wouldn't be able to eat mm-hmm. or keep food down and so it was one of those moments where i had to allow myself to hope yeah because yeah. i think it hurts so much more when you do hope and then whatever you're praying for doesn't happen but i think in some cases our hearts need to be broken mm-hmm. in order for us to get closer to the lord yeah. and it it isn't giving yourself that opportunity to have the hope and and getting through the situation regardless of the uh, result. But having Esther there with me and allowing me to have hope and really start to enjoy those moments with her mm-hmm. and my daughter going to each of those touch times helped us get through it as a couple and mm-hmm. as a family. And then our lives changed, of course, when she came home. Yeah. yeah. So... I, we haven't really seen you in a year or more because of COVID and everything else. So 
what is life? I mean, this was a joyous occasion. When yes. she came home, yeah. and it was almost as if, and maybe I'm wrong on my timelines because sometimes I make things sound better than they really are, <laughs> but it's almost as if, like, after that moment with Esther, she started, like, little by little to get better. Yeah, she did. Right? Okay, yes. I remember that correctly? Yes. And, and I remember the doctors being surprised. Yes. And they didn't, they, they were... It was, a, it was like your own little miracle. And you yes. were praying to Fulton Sheen. Yes, and I was. All sorts. And, and I remember you even read the book, uh, Bonnie Engstrom's yes. book during that time. And, and there were prayer warriors everywhere praying for her. And so, but, so it was a huge momentous occasion when she came home, right? It was. We had at every Marian shrine we knew <laughs> a candle burning for her. We had someone in Bethlehem go and light oh, a candle wow. for her. And so wow. it was this joy that was felt by so many other people besides our family when she came home yeah it's beautiful and holding her I hadn't been able to hold her without her being connected to cords and Mm. stickers all over her it was that moment that you would expect right after you deliver a baby and the doctor puts a baby right on your chest you didn't get that right it was so special and then she stayed there. <laughs> um, I kept her on my chest as much as I could for the next few weeks, um, just so that she could hear my heartbeat. And because I mm-hmm. felt, for whatever reason, that it would be in her best interest to have that skin-to-skin time because we hadn't had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so slowly she has recovered. I can't say that she's fully recovered, but... I have a different understanding of right. what fully recovered is right mm-hmm. now, knowing that God makes all of us perfect mm-hmm. in his image and what that could mean for her. But Edie's current situation is she has perfect hearing in she one does. ear and she has hearing loss on the other side, but she's going through a hearing aid trial right now in order to get a cochlear implant. Oh, wow, wow. that's great. Yeah, she had hydrocephalus, um, pretty extensive, but it stopped just before she showed any symptoms, and it hasn't increased, and so she won't need a shunt. She won't need wow. any kind of pressure gauge monitor for that. She's bearing weight on her leg, mm-hmm. so she has a gait trainer, which looks like a little walker for kids. <laughs> And she gets so excited standing up so that she's at the same height mm-hmm. or, um, or closer to her siblings. She is verbal. She's talking. Her speech is delayed. But she has the cutest way of saying certain words. And her favorite person in the house right now isn't a person at all, but it's our dog, Aww. Otis. And she calls him Dis. So she's testing at her age range for reception skills. She laughs hysterically at jokes. And it's the most rewarding experience. She does weekly therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, and occupational therapy. Uh And she's signing. And she's two now, right? She's two. Okay, we're trying to do the math. Yeah, her birthday is the end of August. So she's two. And while she's physically delayed she's about where a one-year-old would be strength wise Mm -hmm. she now has the equipment that she needs to do certain things around the house so she will walk 
we we know that we believe that but it will still be a couple years away right now she's learning how to crawl but it she is doing it and so she has a stander that allows her to stand up so that she can be right at the table when we eat or when we play Mm. cards or play a board game yeah and she just looks around at everyone and it feels so wonderful it's beautiful that's so fun. Well, it we hadn't seen each other, like I said, in a couple of years. And I actually just ran into Ashley at church on Sunday, which was so fun because we don't we didn't go to the same church before. And so I actually got to see her. Yes. She has the cutest little rubber glasses <laughs> you've ever seen. And it was just sweet because it was like God saying, like, yeah, I'm ready for y'all to get together on this podcast and tell yeah. this story. You know, yes. like like what are the odds that we would see each other there? On Christ the King. On Christ the oh, King. And it was so emotional yes. for us because Edie has been immunodeficient and because of that we were afraid of her getting the flu much less COVID-19 and so for the last 18 months we were going to mass in our car and walking Mm. up with masks to receive communion Mm. and once our kids started school we knew it was a matter of time we did decide to put them in school this year before we got it my husband and I were vaccinated but everyone got it and she did oh, you fine. All we COVID. all had COVID nineteen. Oh, yes. She did just fine. Yay. After Praise all God. the worry. Yeah. And now we feel so relieved in a right. way, knowing that yeah. we got through it. And it was our first mass in <gasps> person. Mm-hmm. So it was really great oh, to see wow. you. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow. That's so sweet. I love it. Um I just want to ask how you and your husband got through such a traumatic experience and um, any tips for other couples out there? It took us about six months to go through transition Mm -hmm. and I feel like it takes three to six months anytime I have a new baby to find a new routine Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. with your lives but my husband used his paternity leave when she was in the hospital to help Mm -hmm. take care of the kids so when she came out he went back to work and it was I was homeschooling at the time. And so you just go through the motions because now you've got the holidays and then you've got COVID. And so it wasn't until we got through, goodness, I want to say springtime when you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for schoolwork and Mm -hmm. thinking of when can we see family because we hadn't had any visitors because Mm. she was immunocompromised that we started to process the emotions of what we went through. Right. My best suggestion is to surround yourself with a strong faith community. Mm. Pray about it. Pray with other people about it. Pray Mm. with your spouse about it. My husband and I, we feel that we have strong faith, but we had never prayed together as a couple. (laughs) We say they're our father and we say mealtime prayers, but actually making time. So that's our Friday night date night. We make time to say prayers together or do the the rosary. It's so special. And journaling, praying, surrounding yourself with that faith community, I think really helped us because I never felt alone through that whole process, even delivering her by myself. The nurses said, is there anyone you want us to call? And I said, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) God helped me make this baby. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, just the thought of being alone in the hospital yeah. is hard for me. Yeah. Well, and then to go through the pandemic yes. shortly after she was born yeah. too, and to have that whole 
isolation yes. and fear of her getting sick yes. and all of that. That's a, that's a lot. At some point, I, you know, I was praying to God and saying, I want to give her the most wonderful life that I can. Mm-hmm. And I feel so unprepared for that. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this weight on my shoulders and a whisper in my ear saying, that's my job. Mm-hmm. That's for me to worry about. Yeah. And that helps that I think of that often. Yeah. That I'm, yes, I am her parent. I'm her guardian and I have a role, but she is also God's child, and he yeah. he is going to take over now. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. That's so good. I, I think that's all parents need that reminder. Because if we could fulfill everything our children needed, then we wouldn't have a need for God. And we have to, of course, we're made right. with gaps. Of course, we're made with places that we're not going to be able to do everything for them. And we're not yeah. going to be able to, to do everything for ourselves because that's why we need him. That that yeah. creates that need. Yeah. And that reminder is so good for you to not carry that weight around. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a heavy burden. It is a heavy burden. And it's one I think we put on ourselves pretty easily, right? right. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like that has to be my role as the mother is to, to do everything for her. But it also sounds like you really, like before Esther came in, you surrendered her too in yes. a really beautiful way. Yes. Like you, you said, like, Lord, she's yours, and I trust you, even if that feels scary. Does yes. That, does that feel like that's what happened? Or? Yes. That's exactly what happened. I try to keep God as a focus in my life. And when you're in that moment where you feel completely helpless, you mm-hmm. can't help your child, you can't help yourself, your spouse is coming, what are you going to tell him? Mm. You surrender. Yeah. And Esther said it in a very beautiful way. She said, you are at the cross Mm. right now. And Mary knows what you're going through. Mm. And you will be okay. It's beautiful. I love that image. Um, I think they call it this, the suffering Mary. Is that what they call it? Where the Schoenstatt shrine uses it a lot. But it's the cross with Mary, like, hugging the side of Jesus and I think she even has like a chalice in her hand and she's catching the blood from his side oh, wow. and she's just like curled into his body. But it's mm-hmm. that image of her being right there, like so close to the Lord in his suffering and in her own suffering and how she stands at the foot of the cross with us. Yeah. That, that's given me a lot of peace she's, over the years. She's also talked about how, um, I think the reason why she's so drawn to the foot of the cross Esther? When, when people are suffering. Yeah. Esther, um, is that that's whenever you are closest to God. Mm-hmm. And that's also when the enemy attacks hardest mm-hmm. with so many lies and doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. Yeah, and she wants to be there to help unite them to, to yes. the cross and not yeah. allow those lies to take us down. Yes. Because yeah. man can it. Like that's, yeah. it's prime. Because it's almost like, the veil is very thin. Mm, the veil yes. between heaven mm-hmm. and earth is very thin in that place. And so it's a place to really have an encounter with the Lord mm-hmm. or to have the opposite happen and be pulled away. Yeah, so she definitely. wants to be there to like help people walk through that cross yes, and right. really unite their sufferings to the Lord. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, I can't wait to to hear her side of the story, yes. but all the women. I'm, it'd be so great one day to just have like a podcast of all these women that she's yeah ministered to because right, right. it's 
Yeah. It's beautiful. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. And and the peace that she's been able to usher into them, like not that she's given it to them, but she's allowed them to receive from the yes. Lord because of her her yes to go into these hard places. Yeah. Um, but your story just like makes me giggle because she was so excited. <laughs> she was like, "We're doing this." Yeah. It was so powerful for us too. And in hindsight, my husband and I have looked back and said, "Why, you know, other other than." our daughter suffering so much. Why was it such a challenge for us as a couple? And you have doctors who specialize in certain things that mm-hmm. are telling you the negative news because right. they want to help prepare you for what they think is most likely to happen. And then you have the nurses that are like little angels that go mm-hmm. around and say, we have seen so many babies like this. You have to hope. Yeah. But then you you don't want to hope, Right. And Esther comes in, and she's like, what, what? Well, she's going to live. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I love her boldness. She I was. Too. I do, too. It was amazing. And I even met with her after the fact. Edie came home. I took Edie to see her. Oh, wow. And Ooh. tell her how much it meant to me for someone to say, here's hope. Yeah. 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 And, and thank God I have my daughter to hold. But I think even if she had passed and we we gave her to the Lord, having that beautiful hope in my heart and the, that love would mm. have been a very special time for us as a family versus focusing on how many more hours do I have mm. with her? Mm. How many more arrangements do I need to make? Yeah. It was a very different experience. It's mm. beautiful. Wow. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable and just sharing that story. It's so powerful of just God moving and working through so many different people, you know, and just hearing every little cry of your mommy heart and coming to the aid of it, you know? And And I can't wait to see what, you know, I I think part of what drew me to your story was Edith, like the name Edith and like St. Edith Stein. And it's just such a strong name, like she said. And I think I felt like from the very beginning, like, this, this little girl was meant for a purpose, mm-hmm. and and I can't wait to see what that purpose is long-term for your family. You know, like, the way that she's, like, her love is poured out on your, your her siblings and with you guys and just the deepening of your faith and, and this hope and this joy that's come around her. Can't wait to see what that looks like long-term. It's really cool. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, baby right. Alanis, pray for us. Yes. <laughs> At Esther's house, um, she has... Esther's house is amazing. It's called Loretto House, and um, everyone is welcome <laughs> to come and spend some time with Mary anytime they would like. Um, but she has a wall of children, and they're children that um, have been lost over the years, and she calls them her little saints. And she says that she thinks that, like, every time Tessa sees Esther, she just is enamored by her. And even if she hasn't seen her in a long time, she just remembers and she knows. And Esther says she thinks that that Tessa could see all the little children around her. Oh, like she could see their, their, yeah. their little, um, like just that they're close to her. And yeah. we, we went into her house the other day and um, Kendra and everybody were in the other room and they were like having a, we were praying and stuff. And I'm following Tessa because she's a toddler and she wants it still. And she walks over to that room and she saw the children on the wall. Did I even tell you this? No. And she just went, <gasps> and she just stopped for a minute and stared at these kids. And then she started talking to them. And her little wow. toddler speak. And she was like, da, 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 da. and then she started going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. It was beautiful. She did twice. Wow. At two different times. And it was both times it was like, <gasps> like, I just have to be here in this moment. And um, and then after you guys left, Esther took Tessa in there. And she has this new statue that, no, actually, it wasn't the new statue. It was her old Jesus statue. Okay. And they were talking to Jesus, Esther oh. and Tessa. And she's and she's saying, you know, these are his his wounds. Kiss his boo-boos. And Tessa's uh-huh. kissing oh. him. And they're talking. And, and then she showed her all the, her friends on the uh-huh. wall. And she's just talking to each one. of them. And she was just so wow. moved. And just something about that, like, spirit of a child yeah. to be open to what's going on. But also it's like, it's like that same feeling that we have, like you had when Esther walked into the room, that there was something there was depth and holiness there. Yeah. Like my one-year-old can, can yes. feel that in yeah. her presence, you know? Yeah. Anyways, it's so fun. That's really <laughs> always, cool. <laughs> life is always an adventure with us. <laughs> she keeps she, us on our She toes. makes a, an appearance at probably, pretty much in every podcast. Yeah, we talk we, about her at least once. We talk about her a lot. <laughs> but you know, because she's kind of like our spiritual director yes. and she yeah. she pushes us and yeah. is not afraid to say the hard things mm. <laughs> and yes. to call us on our stuff. And <laughs> many conversations. She's like, mm, like okay. You, I'm not sure you handled that well. You should go back. And, okay, thank you, Esther. We'll work on it. But anyways, it, it, it was so fun to be able to um, connect her with you yes. during that really hard time and to just kind of get to be on the sidelines and watch the beauty of your family and um, the graces that flowed and the depth of your faith. I mean, yeah. were you amazed yeah. by the depth of her yeah. faith yeah. during Absolutely. that whole situation? It was beautiful. So, should we do what's God doing in your heart? Yes. Okay, I'm not going first because I forgot to think about what God's doing in my heart. So don't ask me. Actually, what is God doing in your heart? Don't ask me. Got it. I always feel that I'm on a spiritual journey. Uh I think that's so exciting. Right? It's like when you're getting ready to take a trip and you do as much planning as you can. But something always happens. Something always happens. And then you laugh about it years later. Yeah. And I feel like... There's chuckling in heaven as I go through my (laughs) spiritual journey. But right now, I feel still surrounded by a lot of love. I've mentioned before the podcast started that we have no family here, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. Even through COVID and being isolated and really having to choose certain situations with friends and even with family who want to visit, but we just can't have you over I'm very sorry Mm -hmm. um was very stressful and not having that presence sometimes around you is is difficult Mm -hmm. but God is there and God is always there and God has always been there and that Mm -hmm. was the one constant that we feel that we had through that time and that's still there so I feel now that we know we've got through the sickness her Last blood test came back in the normal range. Yay! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, gosh. We don't have to be as concerned. So, yeah. yes, I can plunk her down in the yard and let her touch the grass and the oh. dirt and feel it. With Is her that her immunity? Is it normal range? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Or her white blood cell count uh-huh. um, and her T cell count Good. were one of the concerns that got pretty low, but... She's in the normal range. Yay! So that's great. That's exciting. So where am I on my spiritual journey? I feel like very, very hopeful because I can share so much love with other Mm. people now. As I mentioned, I love to bake. Uh And meal trains. I have missed meal trains so much because it's in the giving that you receive, right? And during the holidays, especially last year, I missed being around family and giving to other Mm. people 
we tried to do um, a block party with you know all of our neighbors and very few people came and the people who did didn't stay very long and the food that was brought nobody touched it because no one wanted to share mm, anything sure. and yeah. it was a sad experience but I feel that that's gonna change yeah yeah and it's starting to change it is and so it's easier to get ready for the ho- for the holidays right opening your heart yeah. to God mm. it's ready to say I'm ready I'm ready yeah. oh that's great oh, that's awesome Okay, I can go now if you okay. can go next. <laughs> Megan, what is God doing in your heart? <laughs> okay, I thought of two things. One, um, I already told you this story. Actually, I told it at our retreat. So um, Moana, have you seen the movie Moana? Yes. Okay, I'm like on this whole Moana kick. One of these days, we're probably going to do a podcast on Moana. <laughs> and a girl's retreat on identity oh, yeah. Moana. We have this whole like Theology, teenage girl retreat. <laughs> yes. I, we, we gave um, a retreat last weekend to a group of women. And a lot of them were grandmothers. So they'd never seen Moana. And so I told them the whole story. Or at least the <laughs> I can remember. But it was all about identity. And there's just such a strong message for identity in the movie. Anyways, it's beautiful. So I've been watching Moana every single day of my life because Tessa's obsessed with it. So we watch it like twice a day. There's <laughs> way more TV than a one-year-old should watch, but whatever. <laughs> God, you Survival. It's, it's happening. <laughs> so um, my word this year for the year was restoration. And I keep, um, because we've been through a lot in our family over the last year, and like we needed some deep restoration. And in the beginning of the year, I heard him say, like, I'm going to restore your family. And, um, and he has been, like, step by step, I'm seeing it. And so every time I see the word restoration, like, pop up in scripture or restore, like, it just, like, you know, pulls on my heartstrings. I'm like, oh, this is for us. This is my thing. Well, what I didn't realize is like the entire time I'm watching Moana and the whole purpose of Moana is that she needs to restore the heart of Tapiti. And it never like occurred to me that, that it was even saying that word. And so we were in adoration at the undead retreat and they're processing Jesus around. And it was such a powerful moment. And I'm on the floor and I'm watching him like go back and forth and like go down this aisle and I go down this and I'm like, okay, he's coming my way. No, he's not coming my way. Oh, he's coming my way. Like, and I'm just watching. <laughs> and the whole retreat was about healing. And I'm like asking him like, Lord, like, are you, are you going to like, are you going to heal me? Are you going to restore us this year? And as he's coming right around the corner to me, he says, and it sounded just like, you know, Moana. He said, I'm going to restore the heart to Megan. And like the restore the heart to Tafiti. <laughs> And I start laughing hysterically, <laughs> like hysterical laughter, because I'm like, oh, Jesus, you got jokes. Like, <laughs> and I don't know if Jesus jokes with everybody else, but especially in adoration, I get a lot of jokes. And, uh, and I'm just hysterical. So by the time he comes to me, it's no longer this like deep, sad moment. It's just like, like hysterical joy, laughter. And, but, but I think that's like that, that closeness and that connection that he calls us to, it's, there can be jokes too. Like yes. he can be funny and that's okay. Um, yes. So that's been really fun. The other thing that I discovered is remember this time last year, I ordered a Blessed Is She journal, uh-huh. Advent journal. Oh, yeah. Because I remember that whole right? thing and I lost it. Uh-huh. So I love to do those Lent journals, Advent yes. journals. And I had kind of gotten into a habit of feeling like that was the only time that I could really draw near to the Lord is if I had one of those. Mm-hmm. So during ordinary time, I never had anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really frustrating. And then I felt like I didn't have anything. I couldn't like, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to like seek him or whatever. And so I bought one last year and then I lost it. 
Like it was gone. Like he hid it from me and I was never going to find it again kind of thing. There's his jokes again. This, I mean, I'm telling you, the man's got jokes. And, and so I, and I look for it for weeks and I cannot find the darn thing. And then Advent comes and it starts and I still haven't found it. And I hear him like whisper on my heart, like, you don't need this to seek me. Like this is not necessary. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm here for you in the scriptures and I'm here for you in your morning prayer. Like you don't need this. And I said, okay, Lord, if I find it, I'll give it to Rachel. And then I found it. <laughs> I gave it to Rachel. So anyways, but it was like consuming me for a while there yeah. last year. So I just realized it's been a solid year now. Uh-huh. So I didn't buy one in Lent. Uh-huh. And it's been a solid year that I've been doing the same scriptural devotional every day and sitting with him. And some days it's only a couple of minutes. Yeah. But like I got out of that need if that makes sense and so now I'm like okay I'm ready again <laughs> like I can do this again yeah, right yeah Anyways, that's kind of a fun realization all right I how about that. you okay, that's funny because um what God is doing in my heart stems from you oh, yeah <laughs> what kind of what you just shared um so we got to speak at a women's um retreat little day conference last weekend yeah was it, it was weekend? so good it was incredible and it was just um just so many personal consolations to my heart spoken through other people, um, where he led me in scripture throughout the day. And there was a lot of spiritual preparation leading up to it. So it was just a very, just a sacred time, a very anointed time. Um, and then after the retreat, I'm like, okay, I'm still riding this high. I don't need to do anything. You know, so <laughs> my, my, uh, prayer life just kind of like went away. Yeah, that <laughs> happens, doesn't it? Yes, Why it is that? does. It does. Um, so prone to wander. Oh, very well said. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, come back now. Come back now. Yeah. No, over here. I'm over here, Kendra. Come on. Yeah. Um, but just a couple days ago, I was talking to you, Megan, and and you were, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but you're like, well, in my prayer time this morning, blah, 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 blah. And I've just been able to like be so grateful to have people in my life that just drop that in their conversation with me <laughs> and inspire me like, oh my goodness, I totally fell off the bandwagon. You know, just because I had this incredible, you know, week um, of just intense closeness with the Lord that I need to continue to pursue and yeah. grow and allow yes. him to ripen me and, and that sort of thing and purify me. And so thank you. Oh, well, good. For you. That. <laughs> Sometimes it's like a two steps forward, one step back kind yeah. of thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and and our hearts are prone to wander. What is that song? Um Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's yeah. my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it yeah. for thy courts above. Oh, I love that song. I do too. And the rest of the words, I have no idea what they're talking about, but those ones I really like. Because the rest of the lyrics. Very impressed at your memory. <laughs> Good job. I like that part. Uh, once I started saying it, I was like, do I know this song? I don't really know it. But it came out. I was like, a little scared of you. I was a little scared of you. Not sure I know the words. Um, but I think it's so true because that's me. I'm, yeah. I'm prone to wander. And, and leading up to an event like that, that's where I hear him the most. Mm-hmm. It's when I, and then you get on this beautiful high and then you forget or, or you yeah. get knocked down by some sort of spiritual attack, which is sure. like the constant of our lives, right? Yes. It comes and goes and comes and goes or something really hard comes in. And then it's like, I need him in that moment yeah. because I'm not going to survive it otherwise. And then life starts to feel better and I forget. And then I wonder, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's just part of the journey, right? The water is still. Yeah. And I think the little devotional that I've done this year, even when I wander, I can still do three minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been kind of like yeah. a good, even in my wandering, even when I'm not in a place of depth, at least there's still something anchoring, yeah. which is yeah. nice. That's good. That's yeah. really good. 
that's my problem. I feel like I need to block off 45 minutes. You know? Right. Like, and we don't always hard. have that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you got a kid who's been up all night long, you're not going to get 45 minutes. No. <laughs> you're not going to get five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I get 45 minutes on most days. So, yeah. anyways. Well, this is so fun. And I'm so glad that you're able to like be out and doing things yeah. around people and not live in fear of Edie getting sick and just delivering bread. Yes, I cannot <laughs> wait to eat that bread. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, before we go, we have. A, an event coming up. Yes. Have we talked about it on the podcast? No. I December know that we 3rd. Have. December 3rd. So December 3rd will be our Oh Come Let Us Adore Him Advent Night. And so it's going to be at St. Vincent de Paul in Austin. And James Longoria is leading worship, which mm-hmm. is just my favorite. <laughs> and Kendra and I are going to speak. So Jesus will for sure be. Yeah. It's really more focused on Jesus. We're just we're just pointing people towards him. Look yeah. at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> we're for just... sure. But come join us, and we're going to have coffee and hot chocolate and pies and desserts and cheesecake and whatever. Yeah. We can, you know, round just up. Be it's a just moment be to sweet. rest. Yeah. After the craziness of Thanksgiving, yeah. before the busyness of Advent, just a yeah. moment to sit at the feet of Jesus and be still and let him love us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So come join us. You can find more information on our website. Um, yeah. hisbelovedoftexas.com uh-huh. and also go in there and get your tickets and we are um, you know wanting it to be accessible and just a gift to everyone but we also would love you to prayerfully consider donating mm-hmm. um, whether it be enough money for your ticket or for someone else's ticket so that they can come we don't want it you know money to be an issue um, but we definitely um, we still have costs. We still we have, have costs. To cover. <laughs> yes. So we know that God will provide. He, um, we, he's asking us to take a big step with this one yeah. um, in doing this, but we know that he'll provide. And there could be some Christmas shopping there too. That's true. We have some pretty cool new pretty His Beloved merch. merch that we got to show off at the last retreat, and it was really fun. It was. So we'd love to share that with you guys. Yes. All right. Okay. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I hope this edited today. Advent. <laughs> Yes, and the first Sunday of Advent. So excited. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Bye. Bye.